0: we
1: you want a podcast Hello, and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and Jacques, I know how you did it, and I'm going to explain it now slowly for the next hour. God help me. Daniel, and joining me is that other third art.
0: Hey, you know how things just happen that need to end at some point before the end of the season?
1: Um, what 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 is the laziest way we can tie up all these plot threads? Is it by masquerading as um, the mystery genre and just explaining everything to the audience in one scene? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. So uh, this is Riverdale season four, episode 16. Chapter 73, The Locked Room. I'm going to start it now because I feel like we're going to have a lot of time to discuss things. Because um, not a ton happens in this one. Yep. Uh yeah, like the first two minutes are just uh like the past events we just watched. Um, but now like what Jughead was doing during that, which is writing and making microwave meals in the sex bunker, so not not exactly thrilling.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, this is this is a weird episode. It's like one half a recap clip episode for some reason, and then one half sort of tying up most of the plot points of this season.
0: Yeah. It like it feels like this was a season finale
1: a bit. Yeah, cuz I mean most most of the stuff they've been doing this season gets gets tied up here, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. And we have three more episodes left, which means I don't know. I mean, I guess we have the chick thing
1: yeah, it's it's gonna be the Chick Charles Alliance probably, and whatever that thing about recording people's homes,
0: which really felt uh, like a Brett thing. No, Brett
1: Brett's too rich to be leaving tapes in people's doorsteps. That's
0: I don't know. He seems to be he seems to like jerking off to like stuff. So maybe he likes jerking off to just doors. I I don't think he does. Well, I don't know. The, this is this is really a recap episode uh, and clip episode, so all you're missing is just what was happening.
1: Right, well, there's gonna be about 20 minutes of this episode which are just gonna be Jughead explaining the whole thing. I guess of this clip moment, what we need to hone in on is that uh, the whole Archie Betty fake date thing happened for longer than I guess, at least the, uh, than I thought. It it seemed like they just had the one kiss, and that was the end of the ruse, but um, according to this perspective, it goes on for, like, a week and a half, maybe? Yeah. Um, also, Jellybean is the first one they let into her their inner circle, because Betty sucks at OPSEC, and uh, J- Jellybean hurt her through the walls.
0: Which also, they say, the walls are extremely thin, which means Jellybean's definitely heard her. Oh, like for sure, like Jellybean knows what Jughead and Betty's O sound sounds like. That's including her dad and her kind of pseudo mom. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we we
1: can maybe assume that the master bedroom's a little separated from the rest. They definitely have adjoining walls so eh. that's an issue. They, She's for sure her Jugging and Betty fuck but, I mean, I also sort of feel like Gladys is the type of mom that, uh, I mean, not necessarily fucks around her daughter but, like, isn't maybe as mindful of where Jellybean is when she wants to get fucked.
0: Yeah. And Glad, you know Gladys fucks as well.
1: Oh, Gladys fucks. <laughs> There's one thing I know in Ri- about Riverdale, it's that Gladys fucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and we uh there's there's a lot of uh little scenes that I completely forgot about because they don't matter, and they're c- showing us to recontextualize what really happened. Like you remember when Archie closed the blinds so Betty couldn't spy on him and said he had something to tell his mom when he thought he was gonna tell them that they helped hide Jughead's body because Betty murdered him? No, it was Archie telling the uh her about the plan they have to counter frame the
0: rich kids. Yeah. So like basically all the adults, all the main adults yeah. are on board.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's Jellybean, then FP, then Archie's mom, who actually I still cannot Mary, that's her name. I always call her Molly Brimwald so I forget what her character name is. Mary um and then Hermosa gets brought in. Uh and I think that's the whole gang until Alice. Yeah. Uh there's a uh, Speaking of, like, recontextualizing scenes, scenes, there's a scene later on in this episode that made me so fucking mad. Because it's exactly the kind of thing I was talking about last episode about how the show, like, does a bad job at hinting that things aren't as they seem. Um, It's the scene where Betty's like, we can't talk about how we murdered Jughead and we have to destroy all the evidence until we graduate. And then she goes in this in this version. She waits a beat and then says, "Is what I would say if Jughead were really dead, but he's not, so we don't have to worry about any of that."
0: Yeah, it's
1: like just the worst. It's just so, the worst. Like,
0: can you imagine? Like, like I, I hate using this term, but the whole Jughead being dead thing was such a cock tease. I hate it. <laughs> like, like first off, you tease me. You tease me with the idea, oh, Jughead's dead. Mm-hmm. At the last season, which I know it wasn't going to be dead, but I thought there'd be they would try. Uh, which yeah. <laughs> surprise, they did it. Um, <laughs> I
1: mean, that that was more on you and me than the show. I think I at know. this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then they just did a piss poor job at like yeah. leading up to the death, oh, and then the death. Like it would have been better if he died in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. and then it was a mystery at what's going on, or something. I don't know. It's just. Uh...
1: This uh, this episode also tries to um, tries really really hard to convince us the viewer that they have raised the stake from last season because that's kind of how this I mean it's how any poorly written show uh, where they don't have a clear vision of where it's going works right the next season always has to have a bigger more dangerous threat than the previous one um, and Riverdale's been on track until this season and they try really hard to pretend like they still are on track because um, they're like. But Jughead, you solved eight murders this season, isn't that incredible? Why aren't you happy? It's eight people we don't even know the names of, they didn't even bother giving these people names, and it's from like 40 years ago, like... Yeah. It's the worst. Uh, So after, um, the title card, we're now about to jump into Clip Episodes Part 2, the book club is meeting to talk about crime and punishment, and Jughead, like, kicks down the door with Betty and is like, what's up, fuckers?
0: Getting, get um, credit crimes and punishment.
1: Right, that's what we're gonna do to you. Hey, you remember that Mark Twain quote? My the the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated.
0: <laughs> remember that Mark I'm, Twain I'm quote? Literary. Suck my dead dick, you right? pieces of shit. Right?
1: <laughs> Suck it from the back, assholes. <laughs> it
0: would have been so much better if he did that. Right. Also, doesn't he do another really cringy cro- quote? later probably
1: it's jughead i know he's like gloating (laughs) so
0: yeah but um
1: yeah literally he literally uh fucking the writers like hey guys no this is cool this is called a locked room mystery isn't that cool we haven't done this before so it's new and cool please believe us and it's as it sounds betty's going to lock them in here for the next remainder of the show and he's just gonna talk at them (laughs) he's just gonna talk at them Betty says uh for the next half hour your asses belong to us. And that was terrible as well.
0: Yeah, that one that just uh, Whatever. And like I don't I'm gonna be real honest. i I got like I think we got like they didn't even do their normal like ten minutes of setup to tell you what the the No, they did ten
1: minutes of recap, remember? No,
0: they did ten minutes of recap. No, but they did river they did the river down who? Thing, whatever i can't do the noise yeah. but you know the noise um yeah. they did that i think like five minutes in
1: <laughs>
0: which is like normally they have more plot points yeah. going on but this is just a recap because well, no,
1: there's there's nothing to introduce here they're just closing out plot points this episode
0: and like i don't know like uh, they talk about how moose was basically forced into going into the army because he was going to get killed for some yeah, reasons. so,
1: I mean, we, we I can just explain the whole thing that they're going to unravel for the rest of this episode, which is that <laughs> um, to inherit the Baxter Boy's contract, you had to commit... Sorry, let me rephrase it. To inherit the Baxter Boy, a young adult children's mystery novel series contract, you have to prove yourselves by committing the perfect murder and actually murdering someone. Um, and this is what Moose was here for. Then Mr. Keating... Uh, got cold feet, and that's why he ran a moose out of school. Uh, also Mr. Keating killed someone, and that was the guilt that caused him to kill himself. And then they were gonna, all of them planned to kill Jughead, which he realized when DuPont said, uh, that they all had a pass at revising Jughead's story that they stole from him. Uh, and then, uh, it turns out DuPont had killed... Uh, all the people in his book club after he bought the story off FP1 because he couldn't let people know that it wasn't his original idea and that's that's what we're gonna in for for the next 30 minutes.
0: I feel like you would just call Fp1 the like the ghostwriter in that case or something I mean
1: it's weird because once again everything DuPont did aside from the murder was legal. And, like, it wouldn't, I don't think it would have been a huge scandal if it had come out.
0: No, it'd be like, yeah, I paid someone for his idea, then I ran with it. Like, I feel right. like people wouldn't feel, like, I feel like they'd be like, oh, that's that's not great. But then, like, other people would be like, I don't care. Look at all the other books that was written. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, FP1 didn't write, you know, the hit series, the Baxter Brothers. He wrote a short story that had a lot of... The like seed ideas, but then you know, DuPont was the one who grew those into a franchise, a hit franchise at that. Um, one thing I will say in in uh Dragon and Betty's favor here is we'll learn at the end of the episode they have uh Charles on deck, they have a, a police authority figure who's primed and ready, so they aren't just here like telling them. All their plans and showing their hand for no reason. It this is strictly to gloat.
0: Yeah, which at least, at least she did something before right. telling for everyone. Once. Like, for once, like, like every time she has all the cards in her hand, she's just like, "Hey, look at my hand! Well, look at my hand! That's I'm the gonna thing. beat that's, you." That's all of them. <laughs> all of them do this. It's so annoying. They can't help
1: themselves.
0: Like, oh god! Like Jughead literally had the serpent and a police officer for a father he could have yep. gotten away with literal murder of yep. any of these guys and now no nah, no nah, i ain't gonna do anything i'm just gonna pretend to be dead whatever whatever like you exploited mr foresight dupont yeah guess what so do a lot of rich authors I mean
1: this is like honestly not that egregious
0: (laughs) it's not that egregious like it's just not like if he wrote one out of every 15 books he'd still be writing more than James Patterson so (laughs) wait sorry let me me phrase that Patterson writes one sentence out of each paragraph and then he hands it off to a ghostwriter which by the way he is uh, writing uh, he's quote unquote writing a book with Dolly Parton by the way Cool. He did. He he's doing a series with uh, with Bill Clinton.
1: Nice. About
0: a badass president, you know.
1: Wow, this is with, like, yeah, this is like the mirror universe <laughs> evil version of the already terrible Obama. And um, what's that musician he's doing a podcast with? Oh, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Spring. Yeah, it's like the Obama Bruce Bruce Springsteen podcast. Um, but it's a series of novels. Both are terrible. I hate it all.
0: Well, well, no, there's no they. There, uh, someone wrote uh, Obama and Joe Biden fan fiction where uh, Biden is—he's uh, the Uncle Joe persona. You, you know what I'll say
1: about Bush? At least Bush had the decency to just fuck off and do his little paintings and didn't make it anyone else's problem.
0: Oh, no, yeah, he was just being a cute old war criminal, you know? Right. With, yeah, that's no, what I mean, he was doing. listen, all U.S.
1: presidents are war criminals. They should all burn in hell. At least that guy, after he was done committing crimes against humanity, had the good decency to fuck off and get out of my life. I
0: know, Obama, fuck Obama. God damn it. God. Uh, dude, you know what, like, really submitted me just not liking Obama at all? Whatever he Is personally... The drone
1: strikes against, um thousands of innocent civilians in well, Yemen, No, 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 that, no, that
0: definitely, but I was like, oh, he's just doing president shit. Like, that's just president yeah. shit. Um, but, no, like, like, post-presidency, like, one of the worst things he did was, like... Oh,
1: when he became a union buster?
0: <laughs> when he became a union buster, yeah, the NBA, imagine if the NBA, like, yeah. unionized. You know oh, how, yeah. what that would do for, like, labor relations just across the board? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You did... Oh, God. I hated that so much. I still hate him. But...
1: Listen, if, if you are a U.S. president and you don't have the courage and moral integrity and you don't because you became U.S. president to kill yourself, then at least you can have the courtesy to fuck off into a little <laughs> corner of your stupid ranch and paint your little paintings and leaving me the fuck alone. I don't want to hear a podcast. I don't want to see your comic books. Shut the fuck up.
0: I know. Link... Like as what as one of the people who I listen to all the time, uh Robert Evans, uh he he said that uh the like in his world, if there had to be presidents, they all would they would all know that they would be executed the minute they left office. Mm-hmm. Like they get elected and then they would just get shot in the back of the head <laughs> immediately. <laughs> And public spectacle as well. So the only people who'd want to do it would know that they would die at the end. Mm. And not be able to, like, do what, do what Obama's doing where he's just making more money hands over fists than he could ever in the rest of his life, profiteering off of his presidency. Christ. Ugh. I expect this out of pieces of shit like Trump, not... Oh, I'm the moral cha- for a change guy. Christ. Can't believe I liked him at one point.
1: Yeah, he's very charismatic. No, he
0: is. He's very charismatic. Uh, it
1: just... He just sucks. He's just <laughs> also a ghoul, yeah. Yeah. Um. So they're explaining right now uh, about how each of the Stonewall 4 disappeared right around the time the contract got passed on. They didn't have a good courtesy to write down their names. They were like, Here's Mister Chipping, and when he got the contract, Student A disappeared, and this was the guy before him, and that's when Student B disappeared. It's disrespectful.
0: Yeah. Also, on top of that, I mean, what are we gonna talk about for twenty minutes?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> like, do we just skip? <laughs> we might just skip. You know, we can make this a short episode because nothing happens.
0: No, it's um, just like the- I don't
1: think there's like even like funny dialogue in this. It's just talking.
0: I think Jughead is cringy every once in a while.
1: Maybe even. Uh, we can skip. We get we get some like extra bonus footage of them in the woods finding Betty. Oh, yeah. No, this sucked. This was so stupid. Uh, they find Jughead. And remember, in the flash forwards, you see Archie put his uh hands, his fingers on Jughead's neck and take his pulse and say, he's dead, Betty. Um, to explain that away, because, you know, that makes no fucking sense if Jughead's not dead. I wish it would have been um, Veronica gets down next to him and checks. Is like, Archie, you missed his pulse. That would have been good. Archie, you were just
0: touching his neck. Like, I don't know. Right,
1: Archie, that's not where the artery is, honey. No, but instead what we get is um, they do fucking CPR on him. And that somehow uh, saves him from head trauma.
0: That's not how you fix head trauma.
1: Oh, also, Jughead tells um, Donna that... His beanie cushioned the blow enough to save his life, and that's why he's still alive.
0: Okay, if he was wearing a goddamn motorcycle helmet, maybe. Right, like
1: uh, it's very stupid. It's very. There's also an FBI med van, whatever the fuck that is. I don't think that's a real thing.
0: I mean, it probably is. They have to get people who get shot by uh, out out of places, right? I mm, I guess. Uh, and then Charles tells them
1: them to burn their clothes and wash their faces, come up with alibis or whatever. For what?
0: Dude, this all would have been prevented if he just went to the hospital and explained what happened.
1: Right, but then I guess they couldn't, um, well, they don't actually arrest any of the students, So they didn't really accomplish anything with this long drawn I mean, this is all foreplay for Betty and Jughead. It's whatever.
0: Yeah, they're going to, like, really, like, Jellybean's going to be traumatized by what she hears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right here, yeah. Betty says uh, if he doesn't survive, then... uh, Is this where she says the stupid line? Yeah, all right. She says... We have to burn all of our clothes. I mean, this is the line, including Jake Ed's beanie. And we can never talk about the Rinse off the blood. We can never talk about this. Uh, we graduate, we separate, we go our ways. That's the only way this will ever work. Um, and then she waits a beat, and then she says, It's what I would say if he were dead, but he's not. It's so bad. It's so terrible.
0: The thing is, they had whole a whole season. They had a whole off season to think, "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do here?"
1: Like, uh, I mean, I I respect <laughs> not working in their off season. I'm um, the same way. <laughs> you know. Oh shit! A week before summer break's gonna be over. Uh, gotta finish that freshman reader.
0: <laughs> you know, we sh- we shouldn't be hard on the writers of Riverdale. They're all queer and neurodivergent. That's the reason we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like normally, like the end of the season, like we get something fun and crazy. I mean, we got
1: three episodes left. We
0: have okay. Well, but what are they gonna do with three episodes? With like Charles? Never, (laughs) never
1: underestimate Riverdale. Okay,
0: maybe. Okay, maybe. Just maybe. Also, they mentioned that like Colonel Junior, who of course. Going of to, course,
1: they paid Colonel Junior.
0: Yeah, like the 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 preppies or the stonies or whatever they call them. They should have yeah. paid Colonel Junior for like the truth.
1: Right. Yeah, you you'd think they would have thought of that being <laughs> but, rich kids.
0: But here's the thing: He was going to double cross them if they did pay? Because Betty paid them more in case someone right. paid them. Of course. Yeah. Of, of course. course. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah. And then they go into explaining Dupont's backstory, and then uh, they bring in. <clears throat> uh charles followed by fp which i was like why is he here but then fp1 comes in i'm like oh that's why he's here uh and fp1 says that uh one of their writing buddies came to him uh and said that dupont was killing them all off and then he died the next day so if that's when fp abandoned fp uh two and disappeared into the wilderness.
0: So, okay, I feel like you can't retcon him being a shitty dad. Right, <laughs> An alcoholic, yeah. abusive dad. Like, I feel like this is just a bad thing to do.
1: I mean, I mean, I I guess it's, you know, just because he was a shitty, abusive, alcoholic dad doesn't mean he was going to abandon his kid. He was just going to abuse him until he was too big and could fight back.
0: I guess um, so. But instead
1: he had to run for his life. Yeah. Um, And then he... <laughs> First of all, Charles is like, why don't you tell him, Francis? Or, sorry, uh, Forsyth, and like, it's gonna be like this great line, and the guy just says, it's over, Francis. Whatever.
0: And, Uh, And, okay, and also, this part was way too long and drawn out for me to not expect anything else. DuPont was just like, I built oh, this yeah. school. I'm big right. shit. You can't get hatched yeah. me. And then he jumps out the same window, Keatinger. Chippy, Chip
1: <laughs> I will mention right here, uh, Charles does start reading DuPont his Miranda rights, and FP is in the room. I know FP's not a sheriff anymore, but if he comes back as a sheriff, I want to keep an eye on that. Maybe he can arrest people now. Oh,
0: uh, Maybe. <laughs> But no, he's just backing up closer yeah, and closer I mean, to the window. Obviously, he's gonna
1: run out the window. Yeah, obviously, he's gonna kill himself. Like, we all you think
0: Junkhead company. would notice that move by now? It's not even the first time he's seen that.
1: I mean, to be fair, how often do you expect someone to jump out a window? I
0: don't know. Just more did more in this in this school.
1: Um then uh we have a series of scenes of charles interrogating the kids uh the stonies to try to get them flip on each other uh and that's when we learn that joan the asian girl is actually the one who's the daughter of an ambassador and has diplomatic immunity not brett um which is a fun wrinkle that adds nothing for anyone anywhere
0: because she was the only thing of importance she did was slip jughead's phone into Betty's pocket. That's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and she was she was also generally around in this thing, but, like, yeah, they can't flip her, and Donna lied because I guess she likes Brett or something? I don't know.
0: I don't I, care. Yeah, me yeah. Donna managed, because I think Donna was supposed to be the one that was, like, the mastermind behind it. Yeah. But, like, she manages to make it not her and just pin it just right. on the
1: pot. Because she had everyone else actually physically doing things and she's a good actress. She does the same kind of thing she did when, you know, she was under suspicion for Keating's death and, um, just sort of spins it and points fingers. Um, and has, a has a line for every question basically. And it all leads back to, you know, Dupont, who's dead. So how they,
0: convenient. They really should have uh, made sure he couldn't jump out that window. It just seemed obvious right. at the time. I don't know like
1: well that's because we're watching a tv show
0: i guess yeah so i do like this part because this is what uh what fp would should have been doing the entire time basically charles is talking to brett and be like yo you you definitely made a bunch of uh sex tapes of your fellow students also that would technically be child porn uh, right. For uh, some so, of them. So
1: basically, because he is Betty's half-brother, he's, and Jughead's half-brother, he is <laughs> trying to get their sex tape so that it will not be released onto the internet. Um, ba- and, you know, do that cop bargaining thing. We are we have you on attempted murder and the illegal recording of da-da-da-da-da-da. But if you turn over the videotapes, I'll drop that charge and you'll get a lighter sentence or whatever. um. And Brett's like, oh, how about, here's a counter offer. Um, I don't put out uh, the sex tape, and you reduce my charges, so I only get uh, community service. Yeah, but the thing,
0: oh my god, I do like this part, because Charles is like, And then
1: FP comes, yeah, uh, uh, Charles is like, oh, let me think that over. And then FP and Jughead come into the room uh, after he leaves, and FP starts doing what he should have been doing as a cop also, which is they both have brass knuckles, and physically assault Brett with ferocity and intent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, this should have happened, like, maybe the third time Jughead met Brett,
1: Right, yeah. Um,
0: and it should have also been the, all of the serpents. All of the serpents right, just yeah. kick it. It's like really jumping them in.
1: Yeah, uh, but then we cut to, of course, uh, Charles coming back in with a cup of coffee and be like, oh, I heard you've decided to cooperate. How great. Um, like nothing's happened. And of course, uh, Brett has been beaten bloody.
0: That is a really... Inconvenient area to hide sex tape or right. tapes or videotapes. It would it, if he just had an SD card. That's right. all he needed. But no, it was like in the crest. Like there was a Yeah, it was in
1: the crest of the school in the main hallway. A weird place to put it for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh and then Alice ends her report on Stonewall saying, It's good to be back, R I V W news or whatever. Or it's good to be back, Riverdale. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> Love you, babe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? That's some real third grade acting you did there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Betty's got one last thing she wants to do. So she leaves after her mom's news report. And that thing is to confront Donna one last time. Uh, oh, yeah, because we still have to learn Donna's secret. And this is where we do it. So Donna currently uh, has made out like a bandit from the series of events. Loud car outside my window. Um, She's actually been given the Baxter Boys contract because they are rebranding it to uh, be about Tracy True, if you'll recall, that uh, the Baxter Boy, one of the Baxter Boys' girlfriend, um, for this new progressive approach to sweep away the scandal of, you know, the murder authors. Um, But then Betty reveals um, the whole reason Donna went through this. It's um, very... Uh, that one, that one book. There's one about revenge. I've forgotten. Who
0: cares? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, cast no. Uh, what am I thinking of? The Count of Monte Carlo.
1: Yes, that's the one. Yeah. See, I, I, my brain kept on saying "Cask of Amontillado" because it's got the same sil- syllables and a lot of the same Oh, it'd be vowels, so like,
0: good right. if, like, okay, it'd be so good if she tricked her into a hallway and then made oh, to jump. That would trick her up.
1: That would be good. <laughs> that would be very good. Uh, Riverdale should have done that. Hire us. Um, but yeah, we learned that uh, Donna's grandmother was part of that original group or whatever, and she was the inventor of Tracy True and Dupont stole that from her the same way she stole it from F- FP1. And so she trained her whole life to get into this prestigious prep school so that she could initiate a complicated murder conspiracy plot to take back what belongs to her.
0: What is what is the uh, market for, like, teen crime books now?
1: I can't imagine it's very good. I don't think but, crime mysteries are like in vogue.
0: I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess if you did like a true crime ty- style thing, like ripped from the yeah. headlines,
1: yeah, I could see that. Or, or even just like in the in the vein of how <clears throat> true crime is approached. I yeah. think, yeah, uh, that's the only way I can market. think of
0: it being like. But, anything. but
1: not like the not like the Hardy Boys kind of pulp crime era of stuff. I don't think anyone's really producing that anymore. Yeah. Uh, other than the institution that is the Hardy's Boys, they might still be going. I can't tell. I don't care to check. We're also in a different era for YA. We're no longer in that pulp era where YA was so disparaged that, like, you really only could publish, you know, a hundred-page <coughs> paperback on pulp paper that came out every month.
0: Well, YA now is actually very booming and actually has a lot of better books right. than a lot yeah, of adult contemporaries. that's what I'm saying. So. YA <laughs> is
1: now... Um, a, Titan industry and they're putting out hardcover, well written, three hundred page books, such as *The Dark and Starless Forest* by uh, debut author Sarah Hollowell. Found wherever you buy books.
0: I feel like that was a plug for someone, and I know exactly what you're talking about, but I saw you might. want uh,
1: No, just that's just an organic piece of conversation happening in this podcast. It's the same way um, Love Simon just comes up in Riverdale or Bumble Pro. <laughs>
0: god i really hope they bring up i really hope bumble just just explodes across the scene next season but like uh like archie gets back from war just like man i'm just a hot slab of beef man i can't find a single woman to want to abuse me emotionally and then you know
1: and then like reggie would come through and be like hey bro i heard you were looking for some pussy check this out
0: It's called Bumble Pro.
1: It's got dating options, friend options, even business options.
0: And guess what? All
1: the chicks are hot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but but yeah, it's... uh, This just feels like the end of the season.
1: It does. They kind (laughs) of wrapped up the thing they were working on this whole time because the other stuff at the start of the season they just gave up on. (sighs) Like, <sighs> Oh, and they keep on hinting that maybe Archie and Betty have latent feelings for each other, and I don't care.
0: <laughs> like, okay, here's the other thing. Like, first off, yeah. who cares? They've had best friends, yeah. and they're both hot. It's gonna probably happen while they're teenagers, because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised all of the people haven't slept with each other in the first place. Right, that's generally how friend groups go. Yeah, especially in high school. When you're mm-hmm. all... Like not you don't even have to be hot. It could just be a group of sweaty nerds. Like if there's just a good enough combination, they're gonna fuck.
1: I mean famously sweaty nerds were like the most sexually active in high school. Like the band kids. Yeah, the The band kids never stopped.
0: Dude, also like also like the, the anime club kids. They oh, definitely fucked I'm, it. It was annoying. I mean, like
1: <laughs> anime conventions are just sort of like orgies once they get back to their hotel room, from what I've heard.
0: Yeah, because it's just like it turns out if you just get a bunch of people together that are like attracted to each other, yeah. and you're young, like it t- it just happens. And I feel like it's weird that we that like Jughead and Veronica hasn't hooked up or or and stuff it, like it that. It is a little weird. Yeah, it's, it's, f-
1: it's weird that they haven't. None of them have had like serious fights and like taken, I guess Archie and Veronica took a break and they both fucked other people as you know, which is what happens when you break up in high school. Um, But yeah, it's weird that they haven't taken more breaks and like fucked each other
0: because like friend or cheated on
1: each other because I could see that as well. (laughs)
0: Friend groups in high school and college are it's basically polyamory if you get close enough.
1: Yeah, every, everyone kind of goes once round, and then you sort of settle in and figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's just like... I just don't understand. Oh, uh, at the end, we get all three generations of FPs.
1: Oh, they're yeah. the same.
0: Uh, they're going to yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, which... Uh, maybe it's just because I know I will never forgive my mother. Right. But, like, I just feel like you don't forgive them.
1: Yeah, they... They... I mean... <laughs> I don't think this is a storyline that Riverdale is especially interested in pursuing, so they're just going to hand wave it off. But yeah, it's it uh, feels like there'd be a lot more resentment on FP's part, and also, like, they had the one line from FP1 about, like, oh yeah, I was a terrible father, and I realize that now. I feel like that's not really like, how addiction and abuse work. because like I F- don't think he just disappears in the woods and, like, figures it out.
0: Yeah, like, FP in the beginning of the series wasn't a great mm-hmm. father. But right. he actually put the work in.
1: Yeah, like it's a lot- At least we got to see that journey through a number of episodes, like six episodes ish, I think.
0: Yeah, but like we we got to see them grow together, and we saw yeah. like FP grow as a person. Even though I feel like right. him growing as a person made him more boring. Um, yeah, but but yeah, whatever. We're at the end, and they all say, "Yeah, yeah. we're all gonna." We're all going to... Oh,
1: that's what we're going to do for the next three episodes. <laughs> uh, Kevin shows up at last minute and be like, hey guys, don't forget, the variety show's in three days. Ha
0: ha! And all of them are going to have to do something.
1: Yeah, I will point out that Kevin is hosting a variety show now and not a musical. My, I think my theory's right. I think that we're going to do Chicago, and because of COVID and because of Luke Perry dying, it just didn't happen. Um, and they wanted to... <clears throat> take what they had and use it, and that's why Veronica bafflingly did all that jazz right before a press conference.
0: Yeah. Uh Yeah, I just, I just really, this episode, like, it's not the worst episode I've seen, but it was no. definitely the most boring one.
1: Yeah. Oh, hold
0: <laughs> on. What, what about, wait, the, wait, baby wait. No, baby what about the baby
1: shower episode? What about the baby shower episode? No,
0: half of that was good.
1: Oh, you're right. Well, I half forgot. Of that I had a second plot that was, like, insane. Yeah. Okay. Half, you no, win.
0: half of that one was good, but I think this might be the most boring episode we've watched. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it did make me cringe. Like, it wasn't like the feminism episode. You know, nah. the God, gore power. Because that would yeah. make me cringe. <sighs> yeah. Um. But, like, I just I mean, don't this understand. Is the,
1: this is the least movement like plot wise Riverdale has ever (coughs) accomplished in an episode which
0: which they normally go like 15 places an episode
1: I mean so 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 far we had we had discovered two gears for Riverdale right they have the Riverdale gear where they're insane have launched eight storylines at once in the last 12 minutes and then they have the trick era gear where it's uh, sort of meandering like crazy stuff happens but you're like where's this going and then it turns out it wasn't really going anywhere um, now we have a third gear, which is whatever the fuck this was, and just nothing happened. Like I, I they think, recapped a lot of shit.
0: Cause like I feel like I don't know. Cause if, cause if again, it feels like I'm trying to sum up a season right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. like, it just feels like this uh, this season was like all chick era.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, and and again, it's like. <clears throat> Riverdale writers are already bad at this, and then you add in the complications of writing during COVID and then having your season cut short, have to retailer your pacing to try to match that when you're already bad at pacing. There's no getting around that. The writers at Riverdale are terrible at pacing. Now they have challenges included to that. Like, I mean, I get why this season's a mess. Uh, yeah. um, I wish it were a mess in a fun way and not just kind of a boring, sad way, but.
0: Yeah, it's just. I just don't. I just don't understand, like, why did they go this route, like, at all? And again, they're uh, not better they have writers. No talent. That's yeah. why
1: they, they just don't have talent. Yeah.
0: Um, but but still, I don't. Know. And
1: yeah, uh, I mean, and also they were writing and filming like as COVID started happening, and like, sure, that's not a great headspace to be creative. I don't know.
0: I like. Whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll give it that it was a COVID season and everything, yeah. but like. I feel like you do what, like, at the end of season two. Like, I feel like you just throw stuff at the wall. You don't stall mm-hmm. out. Well,
1: it's like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know enough about TV production. I'm just talking on my ass. Whatever. They did what they did. We're almost done. And we can I, just, I just feel like what, they set uh, up Chick. Sounds like a much better season five. They
0: set up Chick and and Charles, right. I guess, being both lovers and also crime buddies. Yeah. Like, that would have been fun to follow.
1: I I will say one thing about Riverdale. They don't tend to forget plot (sighs) lines. They forget characters all the time when they're not using them. But they don't usually just leave a plot line open. So I'm assuming that is going to come back.
0: Yeah. No, it is going to come back. It's just like, I just feel like you could have pulled on that line a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish it had been more of the season, but... It is what it is.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna complain too much. I guess because like we're about done with this season, and yeah. I'll be glad when we're done with it. Because now we get like they have to deal with adult problems next yeah. season. I,
1: I hear season five gets pretty buck wild.
0: Yeah, I mean we won't have we won't have uh, a leader of a cult have a mm-hmm. have an evil can evil like a pleather evil can custom made.
1: Well, I mean, we can't oh. promise that won't happen in season five. We can't p- I don't think it will, but, you I mean, know, it's Riverdale. I
0: mean, it could. It'd be great yeah, if Edgar it could come back <laughs> somehow.
1: Ed, yeah, Ed, Edgar's like, I actually ascended, you fools. I'm back. I'm God. I'm, <laughs>
0: that's actually, that's season six. Yeah.
1: They have and, to- it's, Ed, <coughs> Edgar is a bad Dr. Manhattan knockoff, and he just comes back and does, like, bad Doctor Manhattan knockoff monologues, and it will be great. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's that's why Archie and Betty get superpowers to fight Doctor Manhattan slash Edgar.
0: Maybe maybe like they they have to exhume his body for some reason, and like whatever comes out of the coffin, they breathe in the dust, and like oh, it I turns yeah, into yeah, yeah. like superheroes. Naturally, that, that classic bet, I'm, superhero trope a I really hope when they get superpowers, dust. it's not... I really hope it's something they have to use special effects for, and I hope it's not just, like, super strength. That's,
1: yeah. Or... I mean, <laughs> I, again, this is part of the Berlanti stable, and uh, they are pretty well-versed in cheesy special effects, so I assume they can pull something out. Because
0: I don't think they really do special effects.
1: Uh, not, show. like, really big ones on this like, one, Like, I mean, no, they do
0: color grading, but that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. No, it, I mean, and I'm sure there there is, like, SFX being used, but, like, you know, for things like making a room look bigger or to mask out a camera here, you know, the subtle ones that are just part of production, not like, here's a set piece we're about to do where, you know, Archie flies through the sky and shoots a fire out of his mouth.
0: I just really want... I just... I, I know we can't do this because... but I want to see what happens. I wish... It wasn't plastered everywhere the first episode came out. Yeah. Season six. Yeah. But. We'll get there. But okay. I don't know. This is going to be our shortest episode.
1: Uh, No, actually, our shortest episode and also the most uh listened to episode is uh the one where I just read a short uh one-shot fic on here because you couldn't record that week.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that one's four minutes long. That's a steep
0: speed run number to get under. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's how that works. That's maybe yep. we should aim for that. We should just read just real, real quick fanfics. I have no idea what's going on in them. Oh man, oh, but you know we're gonna get to that point. And also, we have to discuss what movie we're gonna watch.
1: Oh well, so yeah, 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 that's coming up. That's coming yeah. up. <clears throat> um, I think it's I think it's my turn to pick because you picked. Uh, Why don't we play in Hell last time? Yeah, it's your hmm. turn. Yeah. It's also your I, turn I, to do
0: the uh, outro.
1: Getting ahead of me. Yeah. I haven't done recommendations yet.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh I don't know. I have just been watching stuff that people have been recommending to me. Uh Old Enough is uh very touching. I it just yep. like I just really like it. It's cute. You get to see a bunch yep. of little babies, but also it it also points out how fucking in depth America is at like plating people centric Communities because oh, yeah, the way the only way you would be able to do any version of that in America is if you set a two year old on a bus for like an hour to go to yeah. the closest, <laughs> whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong.
0: Yeah, but but no, it's real cute. Um, I I watched the episode, I just watched the episode with a little boy who lives on the hill, uh, kept on mm. dropping the apples and it kept on rolling oh, down man. the hills. And also, he doesn't like touching the fish. But the fish keeps on falling out. It's cute. It was real cute. Um, I don't know. Also, I've been watching uh, this Our Flag Means Death. And uh, man, I do love me some gay pirates. It's so... (sighs) The the show ended up much more gay than I thought it would be. I was pleasantly surprised. Taku by the way, yeah. God damn, is he hot in that show? Yeah, he is. He is. I just know so- he
1: smells crazy. I just know God, it. But dude, he is very hot.
0: Hit him? No, like, like first off, him in like his leather outfit with the gu- mm, yeah. Okay, first, yeah, first off, like yum. But second, whatever. He was dressed up in his fancy like purple uh, jacket when he went to that like fancy dress uh, party. Also,
1: I think this is the only time I've ever seen Taika Waititi fully clean shaven. Was this uh the show? It was deeply uncomfortable, and I couldn't quite place it till like, a couple scenes later when he had stubble. And I was like, oh, that's how I normally picture you. That's why that felt weird.
0: Yeah. Well, the only like, you do see him, uh, shave, clean shaven in uh, What We Do in the Shadows.
1: Oh, I don't watch that.
0: <laughs> oh, well, watch the movie, at least. The show's really good, too. But, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, when I, I, I have technically seen that movie, but I was, uh like four edibles in oh. <laughs> everything was waving and then i fell asleep so
0: <laughs> yeah but no what we but no but uh takawatiti is just uh, really killing it just across the yep. board also yeah. um he just uh, he's just a bicon as well it's just oh my god mm. i i just i'm he's so attractive and that's, Sorry, is he is
1: he out? I don't or think he that, is. Or are we just assuming because of the way he is?
0: I am assuming I th- I'm pretty sure I'm assuming the way he is. Okay. He did have Well, no, he had two bisexual people on his arm, two bisexual women on his arms, but that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. He no, seems bi though.
1: He does. I don't disagree. Okay. I was just curious if that was like a known thing or if that was just everyone looked at him and was like I mean yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah he there's no okay. way uh he's not. If he is, then he has uh, really strong bi energy.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's also like from New Zealand. We, I mean, I don't uh, know.
0: If, if there's a buy if there's a bi country, it's it's New Zealand.
1: I feel like they're all they're all a little funny over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, for myself, I will be recommending maybe like the exact opposite of uh the cute child Erin Show, which is uh Netflix's new hit Ultimatum. <laughs> Uh, so based on the title, which is, the full title is Ultimatum Marriage or Not, you think, oh, this is gonna be a show where we come and we see a couple where one of them is issued an ultimatum, you either have to marry me or we're breaking up and we're gonna spend some time with them, you know, maybe have some breakthroughs in their relationship and then ultimately they'll, you know, decide if they want to get married or not. That's not what the show is. This show is about five couples all under the age of 30 <coughs> All who have not dated for more than uh, three years, it's all about one and a half to two and a half years, um, get together. One person in each couple has issued an ultimatum to their partner, and now the Lachey's, Nick and Vanessa Lachey, are like, Hey guys! You should all date someone else in this group that isn't your partner and see how that goes. Just check it out. It's, I don't know.
0: Is, isn't is that just, well, no, they're not married, right? So they're, sw- no, yeah. so it's not swinging yet.
1: It's not quite, now. Yeah. It's it's bizarre and insane, and of course, like, all these relationships are deeply toxic, because that's the only way you end up at an ultimatum. <laughs> One person's definitely not as into this as the other person, and that's what makes this great television. It's nuts. I've only seen the first two episodes, and already some of the most batshit stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so crazy.
0: So we're getting, like, those couples where, like, both of them are only together because they don't know how to date other people.
1: There's a lot of that. like there was a guy who, uh the the girl had issued an ultimatum to him, and they had been together, you know, like since high school or something. And like and when he was talking about her, she, he was like, yeah, she's so amazing, and I just, you know, want her in my life and I don't want to do anything to risk that. And like you could hear it li- t- listening to him talk, Oh, you like her as a friend, and that's why you haven't broken up with her because you're afraid that would disrupt the friendship you have with her. And sure enough, I think by episode three, he, like, has an epiphany, like, oh, I'm in love with you in a platonic way. And I was like, I called it.
0: Yeah. Well, at least he called. It's, a lot of people yeah. don't realize that until, like, right. they break up with first and burn all the bridges. So. At least there, there are some
1: out. nuts. There's a lot of people in, in this show that talk about marriage, um... As, you know, it's a, cons- a conceptual milestone they are reaching for. The person they end up doing it with is secondary. It's very strange. It's a very <laughs> heterosexual show, also.
0: Oh, that's... Oh, because this would be a lot more interesting if you just got, like, a group of, like, queer people.
1: I, I do think a lesbian version of the show would be very, very oh, funny.
0: Dude, a lesbian version of the show would either be, like, hella drama or just, like, real chill. Yeah. Oh, uh, but
1: I. You know th- these people are like, the the gender norms are so strong, on this show.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like a trash fire. And I may or may not watch it depending on yeah. if I want some drama.
1: Yeah, it it is a trash fire. I can confirm that. Um, but that that is all I got for this week. So I will uh, now sign us off. Uh, you know this episode doesn't deserve a pithy or creepy sign up. This episode is bad. Fuck
0: you. Good
1: is Have you ever heard of Waco Betty? Waco I feel daddy is fuck. Betty. Teddy I feel feel I feel I
0: feel Waco.